This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think it is instructive for us to revisit or I guess on this podcast, visit for the first time. We've all probably discussed it on the Internet or amongst ourselves. But Kenny Smith, former Rocket, two time NBA champion with the Rockets, now long time, 20 plus years now, uh, NBA analyst for T for TNT, came out in what I guess was a media availability. Uh, I'm assuming this was a Zoom call or something to that effect where he spoke to a number of members of the media and this was published in cron.com from Michael Shapiro, but he had some real critical comments about the Rockets. And let's face it at this point, who doesn't, you know, they're a bad team. There is plenty to critique from management to coaching to the actual players on the basketball court. So there is not a shortage of things to criticize about this team, but I wanted to get into these Kenny Smith comments with you, Adam, because I thought they were interesting, and I was saying this on the radio earlier today when I was on In The Loop, that I just hate that I saw them after we recorded our last episode because I would have done either one or two things. I would have co-opted the comments for myself and and, and still given him credit, you know, it said, hey, Kenny Smith said this, but I completely agree with it, or, you know, it would have been an entire segment in and of itself, if not just a, a singular point to make. But, again, TNT commentator, NBA analyst, two-time NBA champion with the Rockets, Kenny Smith had these things to say, and I want to get your reaction, Adam. Talking about the young team, of course, everybody is, you know, somewhere around 20, 21, 22. And he says, young doesn't mean good. Young doesn't mean promising. Young is just young. I don't look at them and go, oh, wow, that's a young team that's promising and the talent is going to succeed. Right now, they're one of the worst teams in professional sports. What is making me say that they're moving in the right way? And honestly, I don't feel like I could have put that any better myself, even though I do think that there are some promising young players on this team. Like, I think Jalen Green has some promise. I think Jabari Smith has some promise. I think K.J. Martin has a lot of promise, especially for where he was drafted and perhaps what the expectation was for him. But I I saw a little unfortunate irony for the Rockets that these comments would come out the day of or around the same time that they play the Oklahoma City Thunder for a second time in, I don't know, whatever it was, a week and a half. And the previous time that they played them, they gave up 153 points. This time, don't have the final score in front of me. I got I, I was done with it by midway through the fourth quarter. But at some point. 
It was at the end of the third quarter, right before they made a basket at the end of the third quarter. They were trailing by 40 again. And so in back-to-back games against another young team, but a young and promising team, they trailed by at least 40 points. And, and to me, it just crystallized the point that he was making, that there's a difference between just being young and being young and promising. And right now, to me, Oklahoma City looks young and promising, and the Rockets just look young. What were your reactions or thoughts when you saw or read what Kenny Smith had to say about the team? Well, so they gave up 20 fewer points last night than the last game in Oklahoma City. So where I sit, that's what we in the business like to call progress. Um, progress, baby. There we go. Okay. Okay. I- I'll take it. Still, um, giving a, listen, last night was an absolute, and that was just awful. It, it really was, and it's just kind of been this this familiar pattern that we've seen really for the last couple of months now where they'll, they'll throw in a couple of good games here or there, and then they just throw in some absolute clunkers. Um, what Kenny Smith said is not – they are awful. Like, they are an awful, awful basketball team. I think that that's important to say that because that's what they are. They are 13-45. and 45. They have the worst record in the NBA. Um, there, there is not a whole lot of good things that you can say about them from a team standpoint. But this isn't how you look at it because you're looking at it from you really when you have a team like this you're looking at it from an individual standpoint because this part of what you want to call the rebuild is about accumulating players and getting talented players into the building and then figuring figuring everything out from that point on i i don't think that you can deny as you said that they have some talented players who you feel like you could at some point build around and build a good team around whether it's green whether it's smith whether it's Martin, Eason, you can go on and on, Porter, you can even throw in there. Yeah. That's all that matters right now. It, it, it's, it's not supposed to result in wins at this point. And they knew that they were going to lose a ton of games this year. They knew they were going to lose a ton of games last year. Has it looked worse than maybe you thought that it might? That's, you know, that's that's a question for, for the people who, who are in charge. And so I, I certainly see what Kenny Smith is saying. At the same time, I don't think that you can say that there's no promise at all on the roster because when you have the second overall pick, when you have the third overall pick, when you have some other um, some other pieces around those two, I, I think that you can say that, hey, at least you have something. You have the foundation of something. Will it ultimately amount to anything? I don't know. I, I can't answer that question. I, I don't think that I think that we're still very early in the process. So what Kenny Smith says is right. I mean, they are they are awful. They are young. I still, I still think that they are promising, though. So I disagree with him on that standpoint. I don't think that this is like some hopeless situation. And, and to me, when you when you read the quotes that he gave yesterday, to me, it almost is like he's saying that this is a hopeless situation. I don't agree with that part of it. Yeah. So for me, there is a there is an in between of promising the term promising and the term that you just used, hopeless. I don't think they're hopeless either because of the talent that you and I just both went over and that we're going to talk about a little bit more length here in this episode. There, There is something to be hopeful about or, or at least a, a talented young core that maybe you could deem promising. For me, the lack of promise is not about what you mentioned, the, the talent that they've accumulated or the names that were mentioned. In. It's more about the way that it looks and kind of the point that you were making about, hey, hey, Has it looked the way that you would expect it to look, knowing and acknowledging that they weren't going to win a lot of games? 
No, absolutely not. Or at least if you're a fan or somebody that was hopeful about them making some progress and taking some steps forward. So like there, there is, there is that of, I, I don't feel like watching them based off of what we see that there is promise, even if there actually is. The point is watching them that you don't see the promise, you know, Hey, Jalen Green is as talented as it gets, you know, is somebody that once he figures out a couple of other things, gets that jump shot right, makes a, some better decisions and the effort gets better and all of that. Like we'll go through all of that. But just based off of what you see, I think about it like this, Adam. When we were doing episodes earlier in the season and I, I joke around about how when we started the podcast, I'd come on here and say, well, we're not going to be talking about a lot of wins this year. And early on, it seemed like every time we would do one, we do this once or twice a week, every time we would do one, they'd be coming off a win, you know, and even some of the games where I feel like maybe they would lose early on, there did seem to be promise. Like you think about the, the Milwaukee game where Jabari Smith is guarding Giannis about as well as you could expect somebody of, of his age and his development stature, right? It's like, okay, there's promise. You think about the Suns game where they kind of looked up that, that that one in Phoenix. They kind of looked up at the end. Nobody could make a shot there at the end. But the game that they played there, you're like, oh, there's some promise. But then you go to those back-to-back games in Denver, and you're like, ah, oh, that's not promising. So maybe it's the inconsistency that makes it hard to make this distinction. But that's kind of where I am. It's like it's not like the young talent – isn't promising in and of itself it's just that the product that they put out there that doesn't look promising and maybe that maybe that's more of a point about management and coaching than it is specifically about the players i mean it's about that but it's just also about youth and when you are playing guys who are 19 20 21 years old when that makes up a majority of of your rotation it's going to be inconsistent that's just how it is guys like that are just going to be inconsistent um, and they didn't expect, I do think they knew they weren't going to win games this year. I mean, they knew that they, the, the Vegas over under was 23 and a half. So like, this is, I mean, they're at 13 right now. So they're behind that pace, but they knew they were going to lose. They knew that. And so it, it's going to look bad when, when that's the case, because you can compete all you want, but you know, if you're in a bunch of close games, you're going to win some of those. You know what I mean? And when you don't expect to win 25 games, it usually means you're getting blown out a good portion of the time. The thing is, are you making things difficult for your opponent? You can, you can get blown out and still play hard. The problem that I have with what they've done this season is that they're getting blown out a lot of times this season and they're not playing hard in the process. Um, So that's just, but this is the difficult part of rebuilding. This is why it's really painful and really hard to just bottom out like they've done. And this is why a lot of teams try to avoid that at all costs, because this is what you get. This is what the product turns into. And it's ugly. It's embarrassing. It's not fun to be a part of. It creates a, a, a bad culture within your locker room because everyone doesn't, it doesn't seem like everybody's pulling in the same direction. And I'll give you a great, I'll give you a great cross board example. The Astros in, in 2014, that was an absolute disaster. They were terrible on the field. They had lost three. They had three straight hundred loss seasons. Uh, They were a joke across the sport. They had just blown the 2014 draft. You had the manager going to the owner, trying to get the GM fired. I mean, this is the sort of stuff that was happening with the Astros in 2014. 
And then all of a sudden, it basically took a move here, a move there, and then, then they're in the playoffs in 2015. I mean, sometimes it just happens that quickly. And I'll, and I'll give you an NBA example. Oklahoma City um, in, in the early Durant-Westbrook years. Uh, Russell Westbrook's rookie season in the NBA was Kevin Durant's second year in the NBA. That team started 2-24. and 24. They fired P.J. Carlissimo early in the season. Uh, and then you get to the All-Star break. Actually, so they, they, so they start 2-24. and 24. Do you know what their record was? We're at the 58-game mark of this season and the Rockets are 13 and 45. Do you know what that Oklahoma city uh, team's record was after 58 games in 2010 or 2009? I'm going to be honest with you. I had even forgotten about the PJ Carlissimo experience. So yeah, no, I do not remember. They were 13 and 45. And the next year they drafted James Harden and then they were in the playoffs. Now, do I think that's going to happen here? Probably not. Let's be honest. You know, this Rockets team does not have Kevin Durant on the roster. That's a big reason why that team was a, and they had some vets too that were on that team. But this is what happens when you bottom out. When you bottom out, it looks horrific. Everything looks bad. You lose games. Everyone's negative around you. This is just what it is. And this is what you have to expect. And you just have to hope that you just plow through this season, hope everybody stays healthy. And you hope that guys work hard in the off season. And then you start over once you get to training camp and you hope that that, that you get a little lottery luck. You hope that uh, you can add some pieces in free agency. That's basically what you're looking forward to. Nothing that happens really the rest of this season is going to matter a whole lot unless somebody gets hurt. So you just got to plow through these last 24 games or whatever it is, but it looks bleak. Now I understand. Trust me. I'm watching it every single night. It's not fun. It's not a fun watch. Last night was really difficult to watch and it was, it, it was just, it was really bad, but this is what rebuilding is. This is what bottoming out is. And you just hope that you can dig yourself out of it. But this is the risk that you take when you decide to go in this direction for your organization. Yeah. So how would you answer, just to wrap this topic up before we move on to the individual players, how would you succinctly answer the last question that Kenny Smith asked in these quotes from Michael Shapiro's piece in OnCron.com, where he asked, at the end. And I think I feel like we've kind of answered this already, but I just want to get your answer here one more time. If, if he were to ask you directly, make me Kenny Smith and you're Adam Spillane, obviously, what is making me say that they're there being the Houston Rockets? What is making me say that the Houston Rockets are moving in the right way? How would you answer that if he asked you? I would say that you have the second overall pick from the 2021 draft. You have the third overall pick from the 2022 draft. You have a couple of other pieces around them. You have a ton of cap space moving forward and you have a lottery pick this in this draft. I think that's, that's what you point to. And, yeah. and it's, it, is, is it tangible? Not necessarily, but it's hope. And that's basically what you're dealing with right now. You're dealing with hope and you're dealing with the hope that the guys that you already have in the building continue to get better and they turn into legitimate NBA foundational pieces. And then that you hope that you get lucky in the lottery and you hope that you can get somebody to take your money in, in, in the offseason. That's basically what you're selling right now. You are selling hope at this point. Yeah, I, I would agree with that wholeheartedly and just add to it. The one other thing that is, I don't know if this is tangible, and I guess it maybe it is tangible that I would say is just to piggyback off of the part about the money that they can spend is that, and we talked about this a little bit in the last episode, the mutual interest between yourself and James Harden. <laughs> like, I think that that is actually something that is, if we're, tra if we're hope trafficking, 
that's something that I feel like you can hope traffic in as a Rockets fan, even if you still feel like a you know if you still feel scorned as a Rockets fan by by the way things ended, uh, obviously ugly and somewhat unprofessionally with James Harden last time he was here. Um, that is that is one thing that I would say is like, hey, there is at least somebody who is an All Star caliber player. I know James Harden's not an All Star this year, but he's playing like one. It certainly played like one the last couple of games I've watched him play. Uh, you at least have that level of veteran and player who has, you know, this emotional tie to your franchise and for whatever reason is interested in coming back, even though he's on a team that has much better cha- championship hopes, aspirations and chances than the one that he would be coming to if he were, in fact, to come to Houston.